Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivikivi here. I just came back from France where, where I was filming a course for the Kids Entertainer Academy and I was so excited. An entire course on a birthday that doesn't have any balloons in it. It was so refreshing to learn about what other people are doing. And this is convention season, which makes me ultra excited i'm always excited but now i'm ultra excited because in a week from now i'm actually flying to float i'm sponsoring float as balloon artist college and we're going to have a booth there with some balloons and some ideas about how balloon artist college can help you go into the deco world plus after that i'm driving like i'm taking the bus that is arranged by Rose and we're going to Twist and Shout and Twist and Shout is going to be some fun time to meet the Balloon family and I'm excited about that. Today's interview is with Michael Moon. I have so much in common with common with Michael. He he's a magician as well as I am. I uh, got to fall in love with balloons and slowly and surely balloons take over his life and he's doing all sorts of really cool things i think you will love to hear about his gig where he was doing balloons and magic while flying in alaska so this is really uh, a fun interview see you at the other end take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host zivi kivi now Welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here, and I'm so excited to meet with someone that I actually, even though I only met you online, I really see you as a friend, Michael Moon, a magician, a balloon artist from Alaska Anchorage. And hello, Michael, what's up? What is going on, my friend Zivi? I'm happy to be here. This is surreal being on the podcast after hearing you in my ears, like almost every day, consuming all your content. This is, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's really humbling because I really remember from early days, our discussions and seeing you in classes and seeing you online and you are active in responding to people and you care about people. And it's really was exciting to me to hear. I was like literally happy that you were not more than four years into balloons because I knew that you perform quite for a lot of years, but because this show is the first years, this season seven for the first years, I was like happy. Oh, wow. You're less than four years into the game. So we chose to do these discussions with uh, young and emerging uh, artists of the balloons art form, because this is the place. This is the arena balloon artist podcast. Plus there's something that is magical about balloons. And I want to try to reveal that magic within you, Michael. So thank you for joining. You're joining now after just a few days ago, there was a very big earthquake in Alaska, isn't it? Yeah, it was actually uh, November 30th. <laughs> On a Friday, Alaska seems to have a, a trend with Fridays, the 64 earthquake, which was the second largest recorded earthquake in, in human history, was on a Friday, and this one was on a Friday. So be careful coming on a Friday to Alaska. But yeah, it was a 7.0 just outside of, uh, across the water from Eagle River here in South Central Alaska. It lasted about half a minute. It was pretty intense. My house got tossed pretty good. 
And most of the refrigerator and all the shelves and stuff like that ended up on the ground. My daughter's school actually was damaged pretty significant and they had to relocate all those kids from that school to new school. So it, it was scary, but Alaskans are pretty tough. We're bouncing back pretty quick. And what about her school? Is it recovered already? They're in there assessing. They have engineers and they're assessing all the damage and stuff like that. But I'm glad they're playing it safe. They moved the kids to different schools because it, it had taken some significant damage. My daughter, something, when it happened, she was actually at school. Something fell off one of the shelves, took her to the ground pretty hard. And one of the teachers or aides picked her up and they ran out as stuff was kind of falling. Like you see in the movies, it was, it was crazy. It was nuts. So it uh, took her a little bit. She was pretty shaken up from that. But They moved the kids to new schools that were less damaged and deemed as safe. And actually tonight they're having a function for the holidays. It's like a gingerbread house making thing to help make the kids feel better about their new positions and, and their new schools and stuff like that. I'm going to be going down there to donate some of my time, twisting some balloons to help add some color and, and fun to the event. Just any, anything I can do. There's been a huge outpour of support in the community for Eagle River, which was especially hit where I live. How old is she, Michael? She's six. She's six. Wow. Is it like first grade, basically? Yes, exactly. First grade. Did she need any medical care? No, no. Thank God. Nothing significant like that happened. She had a, a little bruise on her head. We don't know what it was. She said the, the wall. So, you know, you know, who knows? It could have been a ceiling tile or something like that. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Nobody needed to be hospitalized, but everybody was shaking. I'm really happy that she got out of it okay. And I'm sure that she's very excited for the gingerbread uh, uh, yeah. event. Is she supportive and enthusiastic about the fact that daddy is going to do balloons there? She loves my daughters are, and my son are, are huge into what I do. They're a big reason as to why I started balloons. I have four kids. And when you, when you have kids, you really kind of that energy level of making them happy, plus being a children's entertainer and bouncing ideas off of them, you know, and seeing what works. They love it because daddy gets to practice on them. We make balloons. They try to make some stuff. They like to play around with magic. So they're huge fans. Didn't realize it's four of them. So tell me the ages. Well, my, my wife had two from her first marriage. So, so together we have a daughter who's in college right now she's 19 my son is 14 and then my two daughters uh, younger ones are six and four okay so really like you can try all different type of gags right in, in every single age group that's really fun fun right. stuff and, and i i have two girls that it's really fun to try new stuff with them and enjoy and especially in the first few years they really ask for it and, and it's really fun so tell me about how did it start for you in terms of balloons? Because you've been performing magic like since you were a kid, basically. Right. I've always performed magic. That was my first love, uh, was sleight of hand and close-up magic. I didn't get into uh, balloons until I actually started getting into children's entertaining. I think growing up, I always saw myself as a magician who wanted to perform or, you know, I wanted to perform magic for adults. And there's that stigma, which I suffered from the kids entertainers are sub or, or just not as taken seriously. But 
the catalyst for me was really when I stumbled across the magician business podcast. I've always wanted to do this as a, as a, as a full-time profession. And when I stumbled across that and started consuming that content, it really got me excited and blew my mind with talking with other people that do what you do, that answer the questions that, how do you do this? How do you do magic for a living? And uh, that was it. So from there, hearing all the podcast interviews, listening to yours, I started consuming content from those guys, bought into the different programs, building up my knowledge base and just started learning as much as possible. All the podcasts, all the courses. When I did my first balloon workshop that Julian Mather was teaching, that was great. And that kind of sparked the interest. I wanted to learn a couple more things. So I, of course, did what everybody does. I turned to YouTube. And when I turned to YouTube, I stumbled across Michael Floyd's wonderful YouTube page. If you can do one through 100, that's, that will make you a lot of money. You know what I mean? He's got all these, and he starts with one, he starts with two balloons and stuff like that. That really helped me out. That's where I started was pretty much magician business was a catalyst that opened up my eyes into other aspects of being a children's entertainer, balloons being one of them. And it really changed my mindset to where being a children's entertainer was something you could take very seriously, make a lucrative living at, and it's respected. I mean, not everybody can do it. And I love it. I love when I hear guys, I just came from Oklahoma, went to an IBM little meeting and 30 of those guys, man, they can, you know, they're pretty good. And I, do you guys do kid shows? Oh, no, we, I can't do it. And it's, it really is an art. It really is a skill, the psychology and everything. We make it look easy, but it's not. You know what I mean? You have to have control and you have to educate yourself or they will, they will just walk all over you. I had this discussion just today with a lady that she's a balloon artist, a balloon decorator. And she said, I don't understand how can you perform to kids I will never be able to perform to kids because I don't have the ability to show discipline to the kids, like to be the authority. I can't do that. And I said, like, being the authority is like 3% out of the whole toolbox that you need to use as a kid's entertainer because you need to be charismatic and you need to have a pace and you need to have a good sound system. You like, like there's so many other elements and the psychology of the kids, and to be proficient enough in what you do that it will be interesting to the kids and so on. And she said, well, even 3%, I don't have these even. So it was funny. For someone that can't do kids entertainment, it's magical when you do it right and it works, then you know that it is valuable. You just feel it. You see the kids all together enjoy it. I can really relate to that. When I started getting interested in the balloons, magicians, especially kids entertainers, if we're not careful, we can all look very much the same. The tricks are the same. Everybody's got a whiz code. Everybody's got a washing machine. Everybody does the same tricks. So when I was stumbled onto the balloon world and started listening to your podcast, and like I said, I had just seen you as a name in the comments. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, well, he started a podcast. I listened to the first one. I wasn't yet at that love. And I couldn't, I can't quite remember what it was, but then I remembered your podcast. I went in and by that point, you had already been into your second season. And I listened from one 
to then, and my mind was just blown. All the content, all the information, the tips, and that really is what kind of sparked that love for me. And the fact that the whole idea of a balloon show, I had never heard of that before. And I really was excited about doing something and adding something to my show that was more texture than just magic. By adding balloon bits to your show, you will look different than the rest of the children's entertainers. Nobody's ever seen some of these things that balloon guys do in the context of a magic show. And they do look like magic. Some of the bits. And I was really turned on by the balloon community. You know, in magic, you put out an effect and man, the magicians are very, very tight with their secret. I don't want to say stingy, but for lack of a better word, they can be closely guarded and they should be. They work hard on it. I understand. But in the balloon community, guys are very giving. They're like, hey, check out. If you don't know what to do, look at this routine. Try this. Switch it up a little. You know what I mean? It just was way different on how much more giving and sharing people were in the balloon community with designs, with bits, with gags and stuff like that. So that was great. That was awesome. Incorporating the two. And then whenever I uh, started doing line work for tips, people are very generous. And it was funny for me, whenever I first started, my wife told me when I first started, she says, you look like you're in pain. (laughs) Because whenever I would twist, I was the typical navel gazing balloon twister. And I'm like, trying to make sure this was going to work. So I had to really work on interacting with the people and engaging and coming up. And that just came more through education. A lot of the stuff that you guys have on the Balloon Artist College speak to that. Cody Williams, Balloon Flare, all the little bits and pieces. When you learn and learn and learn and learn and gain a little bit from all of the stuff that you guys have to offer between all the different entities, Balloon College, Kids Entertainer, Magician Business, all those, you really, you would have to work hard to not find something you can use. I mean, I'm rambling, but that's what uh, the catalyst was for me. Twisting and all that kind of stuff. I got better at it. And just it's just been a love. And I want to get better. I want to walk that line between uh, doing really great work. I love it when I do something and people are like, wow, it's almost the same reaction you get from a magic trick. How'd you do that? You can get the same reaction by making a balloon animal. And really, people give you a lot more credit than what you deserve because it's not that hard. But, <laughs> uh, but to them, it's magical. And if you present it like that, you can a- arrive at that I'm an entertainer instead of just a twister. That's what I've been striving for. It reminds me when I got into the Balloon Workshop Blueprint. It was my first online course ever that I purchased. Again, just like you from listening to the Magician Business Podcast. And just to the, the entire journey of starting from that same thing, it, it catapulted me as well into eventually podcasting. And nowadays, I actually own the Kids Entertainer Academy and Magician I Business I know, that is podcast. amazing. That's amazing. It, 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 it's, it's just mind-blowing. I wake up every morning and ask myself, like, seriously, Zivi, I don't get it. Like... <laughs> 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 well, you got to do balloons in some pretty weird places. For example, on an airplane. Tell us about how you got that gig. Well, you know what? The gig you're talking about is every year here in Alaska, Alaska Airlines, there's an island out on the Aleutian chain. It's about 1,200 miles from Anchorage, where I live. And it's down, if you look at a map, it's down on the end of the Aleutian chain. And... um 
They have a small community there that used to be a naval base. The naval base is since up and left, and they keep about 65 people that live there year-round to maintain that runway and the services because it still is a a jumping-off point for people going to Europe or Asia as far as flights go. They can bounce in there and then take off. Anyways, so that small community, Alaska Airlines flies out there twice a week. Every year, it's been a tradition for 20-plus years the pilot dresses up as Santa Claus for one of the trips. And when we land, he comes off and gives presents to the local community. It's all sponsored. And then uh, it's uh, the ADAC, Santa's trip to ADAC. And then um, he's there a little under an hour and then heads out. So it's a real quick, small Christmas party. The flight out there is surreal. It's actually filled with uh, Alaska Airlines employees from around the country. They kind of lottery to be a part of this and come up and see Alaska. They fly from wherever they're at up to Anchorage, hop on that plane the same day to ADAC. It's three and a half hours out. We do the Christmas party and then three and a half hours back. Then they go to wherever they came from. The plane is like cover. They tape up Christmas lights up and down the the roof or playing uh, Christmas music over the intercom. People are standing up and chatting. It's not a traditional flight. They actually hand out presents to everybody in the plane to wrap for the kids that are were getting ready to meet. You know, so they wrap them on the plane. And I got hired to do balloon animals and magic on the plane and at the holiday party. It's uh, it was exciting. Kind of love is the reason why I got it is uh, the gentleman who uh, typically did it. I think they had asked if he did balloons in some aspect, and he had told me a long time ago, uh, oh, I never do balloons, you know, but if you do balloons, then you're only going to be the balloon guy, not the magic guy. And I just saw, I saw that there was more to it than that. So being a guy who can do balloons and magic was the, what gave me the opportunity when they were looking for a little bit more expanded talent to get that gig. And not only that, I commanded a higher fee as well because I had an added value to it. So. I'm sure that kind of chaps him a little bit, but uh, balloons are great. People love balloons. People love balloons. You can't make a balloon without seeing a smile on somebody's face. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love them? I actually put that on my website. Who doesn't love balloons, right? I try to be conversational in my copy. So oh, that's good. That's really good. It's quite international. It's all over the place. People love balloons, period. If I was stuck in a time machine going to the past, and I, one second before going into it, I need to choose either a pack of cards or a bag of 260s. I would prefer a bag of 260s because when I do balloons, it feels like real magic to me. Even yeah. though I can do magic tricks with the cards, but I can do real magic with a pack of 260s. So Yeah, and they get to take the magic with them. Yes, I can really relate. Tell us a little bit. More in details, obviously you twist balloons, but tell us more about what type of balloons do you do? I mainly do, when I started doing balloons, I wanted to have an additional service to add to my birthday parties. So that's what it was. I started learning this one and two balloon animals and stuff like that to grow my knowledge base. And that allowed me, like I said, to offer an additional service. I try to do better than the one balloon animals. I do two and three balloon animals. Whenever I'm doing a birthday party, they get more intricate designs. If I do line work or I'm twisting for tips or even busk, because we have a lot of tourists sometimes, but I'm not doing anything for five, six hours on a sunny day, I will get my rig, 
walk out into downtown Anchorage where there's people walking around and I start busking, just twisting for balloons, twisting for tips. And uh, people are real generous. So whenever I do line work, of course, it's a lot more simpler design. People hire me. They want a lot of uh, turnover. We get huge lines. There's not a whole lot of, there's really not a whole lot of competition here in in, uh, Anchorage. We're a very small group of, of people that do what we do. So I do line twisting. I do uh, more intricate stuff for my birthday parties, and I offer some sort of a table topper type of structure if they need, if their daughter or son likes a, a particular character, I will try to look at, find that uh, design and create that design for them. I don't promise it to them because sometimes you can't find it, you know what I mean? But I just take those notes and I try to over-deliver something they're not going to expect, and I might produce it magically with a magic trick. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much about it. I would love to get into decor. There is a company here that seems to do really well with decor. I just love twisting. I love the interaction that you get. I have not pursued a lot of restaurants. My schedule with my quote unquote real job, I'm not exactly, I don't have a set schedule. So I would hate to commit to a restaurant and not be able to fulfill their needs. But yeah, that's about it. Twisting, birthdays, and uh, some tabletop stuff. I'm always looking to expand my education though. I love these amazing designs that people do. I'd love to do these bigger things, but just add it to the list, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will happen. You will see. It happens to, especially once you start to also go to conventions for balloon Oh, people. I can't wait. Oh man, uh, it just uh, changes everything. Being a magic lover, I have twice as many conventions that I want to go to. <laughs> I guess that's the only... Disadvantage uh, for us, the magician and balloon artist hybrids, we have to choose which conventions we go to. And for my friends, they keep hearing, no, I'm not coming to Blackpool this year again because I'm doing many balloon conventions every year and it's hard to combine everything. Plus, sometimes even the dates overlap in all sorts of ways. So like right. coming back from Twist and Shout and immediately flying to Blackpool in England, it's just too hard for my family. Something that I wanted to mention, a friend of mine, and this is kind of maybe a tip for somebody that wants to grow their business. I know this worked here. A friend of mine who was very successful here in where I live and he just recently moved away. When he told me how, what the number one thing that he grew his business and started getting more bookings was he found a little shop, uh, not a little shop, I'm sorry, uh, a market, found a, like a, a weekend market, farmer's market type place here in Anchorage that had a lot of foot traffic. And he just asked him, hey, can I bus? Can I set up right here in the corner and twist for tips? They allowed him to do that. A lot of tourists go there, but a lot of locals go there. He said that one thing, just being there every weekend, people seeing him twisting, Next thing you know, he started getting calls and calls and calls. So if you, I mean, if you're looking for work, go out, find some sort of a little marketplace in your area and do the same thing. You're going to make some money. You're going to work on your chops. You're getting essentially paid to practice. And if you do other things or you have a business card to hand out, it could potentially be a source of bookings. But I wanted to mention that because, you know, that's more than just busking for tips. It's, it's a targeted, you're there, yes, to make money, but you're also there to try to generate business. I wonder how different is it in Alaska specifically to busk in the street because sometimes it's too cold, isn't it? 
Right. And the busking season that I speak of is in the summertime. We get a lot of tourists in the summertime when the snow melts and people are walking around. But in the winter, you can still do the same thing. And I do the same thing. I will look up on Facebook events and will contact them and say, hey, look, I'd love to come down and add a little color and fun to your event. I take up very little floor space. I don't need to rent a booth. If they haven't contacted me looking for my services or if I'm not pitching them, I do well with the tips. So I don't care if they're not going to pay me, but they will see the value that I bring because they'll see my line. So they might want to get a hold of me next year. So I'll do that. I'll look at events and say, hey, I'd like to come down and be a part of it. You know, this is what I do. Send them to my website so they can kind of see that I'm not a weirdo or whatever. And then I'll go and twist for tips, especially during the holidays. I don't get anybody that doesn't give me a tip. If you can crank out a bunch of, if you're quick, I made like $600, I think in a day and a half, eight hours one day and four hours the next day. I was the only guy there twisting. People are just, I couldn't make, I couldn't twist fast enough. <laughs> That's really, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's the holidays, you know what I mean? And like I said, where, I, where I'm from, there's not a lot of balloon twisters. If you're, if you can engage people, you smile and the kids laugh and you're, you do good work, you will get paid. So tell us these days, how do you study more designs? Is it something that you still actively practice or learn? Yes, I do. If I know, like, for instance, the Christmas season, I know that, you know, I'm going to be doing events where there are Christmas theme. I will look for designs that I want to do or refresh my memory on designs. I have some designs that I have saved or stored off like my little cache of designs. So I'll look at those, freshen up on some of those because I am still pretty new and I have so many things and my practice time is limited. I would love to be able to do those really great designs faster. I'm getting there. So I will look at the designs that I feel best walk that line of what I can do at a fast rate and still going to provide that wow factor. So I'm actively learning like that. You know what I mean? Whatever the season is, or if I just don't have anything to do, you know, I, I like to twist. And like I said, having kids we will have playtime and guess what? We get to make all of our props. We get to make our costumes. We get to make our laser guns and our backpacks and all kinds of stuff and just, you know, play around. So that's all practice. I'm actively learning like that. I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm always road scholar. Michael, we're almost running out of time. I love the story about the Alaska airline uh, gig. It's just, uh, I feel jealous how fun that sounds to do balloons on an airplane and uh, just the experience of this all. And obviously, it's a wonderful month with the, everyone are happy with the holiday. So it's quite an experience. I want to ask you a question. I, I didn't uh, decide if to ask it or not in advance. I just thought, hey, you know what? Let's try and see how do you feel about this one. You've been one of the people that participated in the program called MABC the Modern Automated Balloon Business course, which is more like a program. And I wonder if you can share a little bit of, of your experiences. Like, what did you get out of it? What did it do to you? I got a lot. Like I said, everything that was in that magician business initial season covered a bunch of the things that you teach in that course, but they were loose. Uh, there was only so much information there. And what I loved about the map course is you put it all together. 
I didn't have to research here, research there. Zivi did the work as he always does. And he put it all together. You made it, uh, you know, just the amount of hands-on. You can't get that kind of education in that amount of time anywhere else for that price that I've been able to find, especially when it comes to somebody who does what we do and uh, you think like we think. It was invaluable to me. And one of my, I call it the map key arts, like martial arts, you know, I study the map key arts. And uh, my partner, I try to turn him on to some of these things. I don't have a huge budget to outsource a lot of things. So I have to try to teach myself. So he outsources a lot of the stuff. It doesn't always work out for him. And uh, I just kind of grin sitting back saying, you know, teach yourself and learning what I learned out of the MapKey course just with my new website. It was like a matter of three, four months. I was on first page. You know what I mean? Not a problem. And all I did was optimize my photos, check it on Pingdom, made sure my copy was good. Just you go through the steps, everything that you teach, it's a checklist. And as you check those things off, your website gets better. And uh, I ranked, I had some, learn how to do a, what do you call it? Enhanced results on Google, learn how to tie all these things together. And um, yeah, you know, and the automation, once you get it going and you learn it all, it's makes your life so much easier. It helps you portray the image of professionalism. That's I think essential to grow a business and uh, get people to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to do business with you again. You know, all those things put together really help out. So I learned a lot from the MapKey course. I mean, I couldn't recommend it enough. You know, one time you asked me, Zivi, if I would recommend, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, if you know anybody, tell, and what did I tell you? I said, ah, you know what? I would if they didn't live where I live. I didn't want to share this knowledge, you know, which is selfish of me, but if you don't live where I live, yes, get all of his stuff. It's awesome. So we'll need to make sure that this specific episode doesn't air in Alaska. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll make that happen. You know, it's, it's just a piece of magic. It's no problem. Oh, man, Michael, this is so fun. People don't get to see your face in because it's an audio podcast. But for me, to see your smile when you talk about your kids and you talk about the balloons that you do and the responses that you get. You are really a performer at heart and the balloons are such a wonderful medium for people like us to touch people's heart. And it's funny, sometimes when I look back at my life and look at how I communicated with kids throughout my life, it was something that I'm good at and enjoyed to talk with the kids even more than to talk with the adults. That's the truth. And all I needed was the medium, like the actual content, like magic or balloons. But if you have that tendency of the ability to talk with kids and the enjoyment of having kids around you, and there's a certain type of people that just can talk with kids and enjoy it. And, and then when you add balloons to that, it just creates this really fun memory and experience for people. So right. seeing your smile reminded me of how I feel about it too. For the kids, I keep it real. The formula for me is simple. I treat the boys like, I like treating kids like they're adults, you know, talking to them like they're adults. What's going on, sir? 
what can we do for you today? What am I making for you? You know what I mean? You talk to kids and the parents laugh at that or with uh, little girls, when you hand them a flower, you curtsy or my lady or whatever, or, uh, you know, two-year-old walks up and he's wearing a Spider-Man. What's up, dude? Loved your last movie. You know, just little things like that, having fun with the kids or, you know, they got a Batman shirt. Batman, is that you? Oh my goodness. Do they know you're, you know, just fooling around with kids and having your own and being able to kill. If you can kill it with the kids, I know a lot of people think that I have to walk that line for both. Yes, you do. When I say both, I mean kids and adults. You have to play to both. You do. But if you also, what I discovered, because sometimes if you're not good at that, it can go either way. You can be too much kids or too much adults, right? For me, what I found if you kill it with the kids, the parents appreciate that. And that is where their joy comes from. So you don't have to necessarily be witty for the parents. They want to see their kids entertained. So even if everything you do is silly, if their kids are laughing and rolling and having a good time, you are a star. So don't necessarily worry about playing to the adults. Kill it with the kids. That's what you are. You are a kid's entertainer. Even in some of my shows, I'm like, oh my goodness, this isn't going to, some of these tricks might be too kiddy for the adults. No, if you kill it with the kids and the kids are having a blast, the adults are having a blast watching their kids have a blast. So it's not super critical to do both, even though I do. Some of my magic words are a little over the kids' heads. Like I do a dollar bill change. And instead of saying abracadabra, I say, everybody say the magic words, tax time. And I unfold it. They go, wow. The parents laugh because I said tax time. It has to do with money, whatever. You can do both, but kill it with the kids. Work work on the kids, especially when you're doing the line work. If you can get them laughing. I'm 6'3", so I got to drop down a lot to one to one knee. Saying things to the parents like, oh, my kid says the same thing are little subtle ways of telling the parents I'm a parent too. And that builds that trust, that like, and, uh, and if you can really handle their kids, great. You build that trust, you hand them a card and Hey, you know, if they like you, you know, you never know. You might get a birthday party out of it. You might get a magic show out of it or whatever. This is really nice thing. You talk about it and, and kids really do their experience matter. So if you, just like you said, if you can make them into the star, then the parents will appreciate it. Man, I really hope to meet you uh, one day, either in a convention or to come to Alaska one day. I am looking forward to it. And thank you for sharing with us your insights from all the way from Encourage Alaska. If you are a Balloon Artist Podcast, BAP Nation member in Alaska, and you've been listening in the last hour for some reason, in like maybe while traveling to another state or something, then uh, I'm going to hypnotize you right now and you're going to forget it all so that Michael Moon will continue to be first place in Google. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> so thanks again, Michael. Thank you, everyone. And see you next week on Balloon Artist Podcast. Thank you, sir. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Michael Moon. It was so clear. The amount of passion that he has for balloons uh, is just phenomenal. And I wanted to say, hey, guys, if you're coming to a convention next week, maybe it's float or maybe it's twist and shout after that. And uh, you're there. Please come by and say hello and let me know what you think about the Balloon Artist podcast. 
more about Balloon Artist College, I would love to meet with you, maybe drink a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Apart from that, if you're not coming, then go to the Balloon Artist Facebook group and I will make sure that I send the pictures and Facebook live streams from the conventions. So it will be super fun for you. If you're listening to this in retrospect, like in the future, then don't worry. Another convention is coming your way, or you can always jam with us online in Balloon Artist College. See you next week on Balloon Artist Podcast, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here, and this is Season 7, Chapter 10. And uh, we are in the tip section. I wanted to kind of brainstorm a few ideas about Facebook groups. And maybe you can take some value out of it. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like thinking, what can I do on marketing that doesn't cost any money, that you can do pretty much any, any day and any time from even your day job. You can like literally take a toilet break and go inside a group and make a post or something. So what should you do with Facebook groups? Well, first of all, here's what you shouldn't do. Don't promote your business inside a professional colleague-based Facebook group like the group Balloon Artist or the Balloon Central or Qualitex or whatnot. Don't go into the Balloon Artist Facebook group and just spam it with information about your business. It's not going to get you anything. So just don't do it. Another thing that you shouldn't do is don't share the same post on exactly the same post on multiple groups. It looks like you're that douchebag in a party that just repeats the same story again and again and again. And some of the people are, you know, in the same Facebook groups as you are. So they keep seeing you talk about the same things. It just feels unauthentic. So leveraging... Um, Groups is all about creating real connections. So, for example, if it's a mom group or a dad's group or a location group or something like that, you need to, to, to first of all, read the admin's um, description of the group. Try to understand what is allowed and what is not allowed. Don't promote yourself uh, unless it's on the day that it's allowed and stuff like that. And you need to start by providing value, by commenting to people, getting to know people, Facebook friending them, um, starting to build some sort of a relationship by commenting and, and responding and connecting the dots. And then, you know, you can start from time to time to pitch yourself and your business. You can talk with the admin for permission. You can ask for help and an opinion from people without saying that you have a business that you're promoting and just, you know, asking for opinion. And then people will... Uh, ask for it by themselves and they will ask hey uh, why are you uh, why are you asking for help on this one uh, is this your business uh, oh my god I want that service so there's all sorts of tactics on what to write a post on a Facebook group and it depends on the group and it depends on the context of what is allowed sometimes you can post your business ad on Thursdays or something like that so do that Another tactic I have for you is try to be in a Facebook group where you know someone in real life that wants to support you. 
for example, people from your networking meetings, from uh, those people can actually support your posts. So you can make a Facebook post about something and then someone you know will help you and support it and talk about it. And that way uh, you might get to, bo to boost your, your, like to make your specific post in the group go back up into the feed uh, because otherwise it gets uh, squeezed by other posts. So remember to provide value first and only then to ask for something and be You know, look at it as if it's a real party with people in the party that are real human beings and you don't want to be a douchebag and you just want to make, be friendly and, you know, find out if you can help someone um, with your services uh, or in general in life. I hope that helps you like this micro brainstorming lesson about Facebook groups. Have an amazing, profitable week and see you next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast.